Opinions are free. Which is why you don't get a say. Please come back to the Our Bottom Podcast. Now, before I go into this, I have to stress now that unlike the previous ones I've done, I haven't gone into as much depth and research on purpose. Right. Because of because of what I've read, kind of it baffles me so much that if I was to read into it further, I would feel <laughs> it would actually kind of clarify everything and it won't be as enjoyable in my head. So <laughs> so when as we go ahead, mainly eunuch, can you not ask me where do where do they live? <laughs> Stuff, stuff like that. What's, don't what's don't wrong? ask me intimate questions because I don't have the answers. Okay. Okay. Well, all I have, all, the information I have, mm-hmm. is that's it. Yeah, and, and I'm going to relay that to to you two and to the listeners. Right. And then from there, we will try and work out in a in a bizarre way. Okay. Actually, what that actual background story is. We'll be going on this journey together. Okay. Yes. That's fine. Let's hold yes. hands and go. Yes. And you... Nick, you need to calm down your inquisitive mind for the next 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> I have to stop being critical in my thinking. Go on. Um, and you'll be pleased to know that it's, it doesn't involve an animal. Oh. Oh, wow. Yes. So. <laughs> Breaking from tradition. What a yes. rebel. <laughs> yes. Maverick. So there was this couple um, that went from the UK. They went on holiday to Turkey. Mm-hmm. Upon their return, um, they opened up their luggage and a bumblebee, well, not sorry, not a bumblebee, a mason bee escapes. Okay. Now, they, now, the NBU, which is the National Bee something or other. <laughs> unit. <laughs> the National Bee Unit, the NBU of the UK, uh-huh. was quite concerned about this because they thought it was a specific type of mason bee that lives in Turkey that is a threat to indigenous bees. Right. So, they were just like, okay. So they went on a hunt for this bee to try and, you know, catch it. And it, it had a death sentence. The bee had a death <laughs> sentence. That's that's the headline. They wanted bee. Yes. So from there, they were like, so this bee's on the run, you know, maybe with, you know... On um, the run? Yeah, kind of singing to itself. On the, the fly. <laughs> the, the flight of the bumblebee kind of tune going on. <laughs> um, they couldn't find them. They could not find the bee. And it was just like, the bee went missing. Is this the couple? The couple... I, I, I don't think the couple were that invested in finding the bee. I don't know. The National Bee Unit. The, right, the, okay, the National fine. Bee Unit, okay. Customs and Excise, the police, the military, the lot. <laughs> <laughs> Right, they everybody it sucks to be you if your house was getting burgled that day. Sorry, we can't <laughs> respond to that. We're looking for a bee, we're looking for a killer, deadly bee that's going to kill all of bee kind in this country, <laughs> specifically this country. Individually, con- for whatever stupid reason, why a bee would do that and kind of go, Right, I'm a, I'm a single bee, I've, I'm now living in a different country, I'm going to go around and kill all the bees until I rule the bee kingdom. Right. Until I realised, <laughs> oh shit, I'm the only one I can't reproduce with other species. Right. I don't get that. I don't get that thinking. But, you know, I'm not part of the National Bee Union. 
you just don't know these things, Alex. It's better to just not concern yourself with them, frankly. If anybody is from the National B unit, is this is does this happen? Is there is there a bee that just goes on a massive killing bee spree? Is there a precedent for bees to just be massive? C- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the good news you're going to have to listen to me very carefully as to when I say this. A again, listen, an expert. From the National History Museum. That's national, not natural history museum. So my question is, what is this person an expert in? <laughs> I, I just like the idea that this woman, she actually went for a job interview for the Natural History Museum, realised she was in the wrong place, and then just never told anyone. It was just, fuck it, I'll wing it. Well, yeah, yeah. The, this person, apparently, this expert in whatever at the National History Museum, <laughs> found the bee. I don't know where, before you ask, Nick. I'm not. And then judged from that from that singular bee that the shape of the nest is probably going to... It's going to be a bee that's actually from the UK, based on the shape of the nest. Right. So they went through all this trouble trying to find a bee from Turkey... Yes. That escaped from somebody, some people, some from from a couple's luggage, yeah. when they actually got actually, I think the bee was from this country, which now makes me think: Did this bee join the couple on holiday? <laughs> did the bee fly into the luggage? I mean, there's plenty. There's loads of questions to be fair with, with this. I've had a billion since you've been talking. <laughs> go on. Did the bee kind of go? Oh, this this couple here, they're getting ready to, to go on holiday. Was it was? Uh, oh, they're going to Turkey. A fancy little trip. And I'll just have myself in the luggage. You know, it's only a four-hour flight. I should be able to survive. Yes. Um, and then got to Turkey, and then the bee kind of escaped. It was just kind of, you know, relaxed. Relaxed at the same villa, same hotel as them. It was just like, you know, sat by the pool. <laughs> On a sun lounger. Yeah, yeah. Um, having a little bit of a swim. I don't um, think they like water, but... No, they don't actually, and I've experienced that. I mean, I've experienced that in Turkey, uh, in the swimming pool, loads and loads, hundreds of dead bees. Um. <laughs> Trying to do a bomb dive, jump in, but it's like, no, it's like, no, he did it wrong. You do it this way, Tony. <laughs> oh, Sally, bless her, she did try. No, and then. When the couple were packing to return home, I was like, oh, oh, holidays time, holiday time's up. Back to my boring life in England. Yeah. Or Scotland or Ireland or Wales. It just says the UK, Nick, all right? Um, okay. And then it just kind of got out and went flying off, went missing. They, and then they found it. Now, this so-called expert in whatever, <laughs> how did that <laughs> expert person know what that specific bee looks like? And how did that person go? Went, oh, there it is. I just reckon that person went, I found the bee. There it is. Everyone can stop looking now. It's there. Oh, look, look at the nest. It's probably from this country. Can we start working on the assumption that this person is like a massive fraud? No, 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 no. no. Like, that, it, that... It's an unlikely situation, but let's not attack them. Right, no, no, <laughs> we just that. don't know what this person... All it says is an expert. We don't know what the person yeah. is an expert in, but I doubt it's to do with bees because it's yes. like a national history museum. I, I, I totally agree with you. Was there no other information where you sourced this from that it said it, that what they were an expert in? No. Right, okay. So they just generically said an expert. An expert, yeah. So this person is a fraud. 
Right. Yeah. Okay. Or it could be an expert in bees that was visiting the National History Museum at the time. <laughs> the, co- the timing, the coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> right. So there's that. The second thing is that when they find when this imposter, this you know, this individual finds this bee, how do they catch it? How did they catch the bee? Yes. Well, no, they just they just found the bee. They found a bee. They've, they found they just found a bee in a nest. So where? What? It, what in the I museum? I don't know where. What I... in the museum? Oh, it's this is another one of those situations that just creates an absolutely amazing mental image. Like you, like I'm just imagining this person just like walking around. Just cleaning the natural, the National History Museum. Just walking around with a broom, and then they like hear of this bee, and they just go right. And now I'm now going to make it my life's mission to find this bee, find out what's he doing, how much of a danger is it, and then they just kind of go on this weeks long search up and down the country, perpetually in a beekeeper's suit, and then they just see it like I don't know, like 500 miles away from where they actually live. <laughs> And then they just and then they just come back to work like six or seven weeks later, put their feet up, read the paper, just like, yeah, I found it. <laughs> everyone, everyone else is like around them, just kind of like, where have you been? Like, weren't you supposed to be like dedicating your life to this mystery? It's like, yeah, I found it. Yeah. I'm just interested. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't do anything. <laughs> or even that, it's just like, because um, what, it, what the article says here, Nick, is the bee went missing. But the story ended happily when an expert from the National History Museum announced that from the shape of its nest, the bee had probably been a British species all along. Right. So that's all I know. So in my mental head, my head's not mental. Well, probably is now. Someone was probably reading this story (laughs) whilst they were visiting the National History Museum. And I've gone, any, um, if you know of anything, then please contact the police, blah, de, blah, de, blah. So they found out the police and said, uh, and just kind of gone, um, I found a bee. Um, it's in my garden. Um, I assume it's that bee because it's got a bit of a tan. Um, it's got shades on. Yeah, um, from, from the shape of its nest. Um, it's probably. Uh, it's probably from the UK, and then the police probably went, "Okay, sir. So, what are you saying? Are you some some kind of expert? Yes, I am. Okay, so whereabouts are you? I'm at the National History Museum at the moment. Um, <laughs> can't talk much longer because um, I'm currently <laughs> they're tracking my location. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. And you also mentioned that. Well, did you say the army were hunting down this bee? I said that just, said just to might. stop, just to kind of stop you from questioning. Just assume, stop me from questioning. Yeah, if just, anything, just, that, that makes me ask more questions. Just so. assume that the military were searching for the bee. <laughs> just assume. <laughs> they they had the Apache helicopters out. They had submarines on the go. <laughs> prepared to go nuclear if if needed. Everything you did already say earlier, Alex. That you know it was kind of it ended up all fine. I'm now just imagining the last scene really ties in very well to the last episode we recorded, but it ties into the last scene of The Dark Knight Rises. And I just imagine this family going back on holiday to Turkey, being out in a cafe somewhere, seeing this bee at a table, like kind of two away from them, (laughs) and then just sharing like this quick nod and then they just go about, go go off and live their own lives. (laughs) 
But this is this is what this is the whole thing. Like, it was it. I don't think that it must have been that bee that they were looking for. It can't if the person's gone. If this so-called expert's gone, then whatever. Oh, it must it must have been British. Yeah. Then in that case, you're looking for the wrong bee, mate. Because the bee they're looking for is Turkish. Does the bee does the bee say that once it's caught? I've got it, I've got it. It's like you got the wrong bee, mate. <laughs> and they interrogate him with a spotlight in a dark room. He's like, So tell us what you know, you've got the wrong bee. <laughs> Just questioning the bee. Where the fuck are you from? Where are you from? Tell me. Ma- tell me, you Magan. I'm, I'm not, not Juan from Turkey. <laughs> I'm Billy from Stoke. Yeah, yeah, he got any proof. <laughs> Is that a Turkish name? No, it really isn't. It really isn't. <laughs> he he immigrated there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We've got it on our records that your name is Mehmet. <laughs> Mehmet Buslington. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And then what torture, like, interrogation techniques would they have done? Like, you see this thing here, and he grabs his stinger, you know, with gloves, obviously. He's like, please don't. If you do that, I'm a dead man. Well, dead, <laughs> dead man, dead bee. But, but yeah, it's like do it. Yeah, or just tease it with like uh, get like um, a plant from the garden that's like heavily pollinated. It's just sort of like, you want some of this? Yeah, yeah. You want oh. some of this? Fucking tell us. Tell us you're fucking Turkish, you prick. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, the, or the detective comes in with a flower and just like kind of strokes it round his chin. He's like, oh, such a lovely time of year, isn't it? And he's like, God damn you! You know I love pollen, right? <laughs> <laughs> damn you! Just, and, and just the licks the pollen tastes so mm. bloody good as well. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and they're like, "Oh, Jimmy, can you come in here?" And then Jimmy's got like you know honey, like a bowl of it, and he's just sucking it out of his finger. And he's like, "Mmm." <laughs> <laughs> and then Billy from Stoke is going, "God, damn! you know, he's t- he's t- his legs are tied round the you know the chair round the back." He's like, "Damn you! I really want to read. I don't know anything. I don't know anything." Yeah. Yeah. You're imagining a human-sized bee, aren't you, Nick? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's also interesting, though, is um, underneath this article, there's related articles, and one of the headlines um, is how to make a bee hotel. Yes. <laughs> now, is that are we making a hotel out of bees, or are we making a hotel for bees? If it's the latter... You think there's a bee on reception? If it's a hotel... It must be very loud, though. Otherwise... <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Ding dong. Welcome to the Bee Hotel. <laughs> yeah. uh, is it always this noisy? Uh, it, but yes, it's one of our busiest times of year at the minute. Oh, so, so when does it quiet down? It never does. It, it, it never does. And it's just it's just a riot all the time. <laughs> Climbing onto each other. I want a bit! I want a bit! Yeah. <laughs> Why why are these bees constantly alternating between bee noises and English? Hello, 
Before we get started this week we would like to apologize. Nick's audio may sound a touch distorted at some points during this episode because I can only assume he's starting a passionate sexual affair with his microphone. He's a very intense man, you see. Otherwise, strap yourself in and prepare for a roller coaster of fun and frolics. Ha. Hello, welcome to the Our Bottom Podcast. My name is Nick. Hello, nice to hear you and see you. Hear and see, doesn't matter. We but can't nice. do either of those things. We can't do any of those things, but either way, I'm just so enthusiastic about you joining us today. And I'm here with Alex. Yes. No. Right. I was, uh, what? Nothing. Right. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why are you speaking so quietly? I'm not, too, I'm not speaking quietly. You are speaking quietly. Just, I don't want to shout. Why? Because if I shout... I don't know. I'll just then don't... the editor tells you off for being too loud or too quiet. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. He, he doesn't want that. <laughs> Straight away. He doesn't want that. He really doesn't want that. I want to give him less work. <laughs> Thank you. Excellent. On, so yeah. So it's me and Alex, and also someone who doesn't need any introduction. Um, and I thought about him the other day because um, Disney are making you know Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs remake. So hello, oh. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> He's five foot four. La 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 la. <laughs> Hi. Prick. He's got uh, pissed off about that, hasn't he? Yeah, he's yeah Peter Dinklage has been uh, distinctly unhappy. You said he, and I thought, before Nick gets carried away with the idea that it was me, <laughs> I thought, no, <laughs> let's just confirm Peter Dinklage is not a happy bunny about that. Which Why is, is he not? Understandable. Well, it goes back to that whole thing about how some uh, Disney... Um, I suppose representations and stereotypes can be harmful and it's like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is definitely something that can be kind of left in history as something that was kind of like magical back then and we've moved on from oh. it's not It's not the first story you'd maybe think remake unless mm. you were thinking ooh lots of money and I think obviously that's mm. the problem he's got with it Yeah, which is oh. fair it is fair. Pocahontas will be an interesting remake if they get round to it. Yeah, but that, that, I wouldn't think that that is one that would be controversial because it's it's a harrowing story, not a no. It's not a harrowing story. It's a story of Tom. Hello. I'm struggling to think what the word is. <laughs> I think harrowing is absolutely right. Is it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, a sto- it's a story where the person is obviously the, the woman is pretending to be a man. That's Mulan. Is it? I was going to say Pocahontas yeah. is about the, you know, the, the, the Indian, the Native Americans. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> and Mulan, they have already remade. So have they? Yeah. Yeah. For Disney yeah, Plus, love action. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Anyway, welcome to the Our Bottom Podcast. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Oh, hello. Hello, hello there. Welcome back. <laughs> yes, so we are uh, over halfway through um, this first season, which is fantastic and amazing. Thank you again so much uh, for hitting the play button. We really do appreciate it um, because, like Alex said last time, you know we created we create all this content so you can listen to it. So thank you very much for hitting play. Um, in particular, I'd like to say a massive. Uh, thank you and shout out in particular to two listeners in America. We've got a listener, Alex, in New York and in Alaska. New York might be my sister. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Let's just destroy the magic. Yeah, Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> destroy on. the international who, who recognition. Who do you know in Alaska then? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who is it? If if it isn't my sister, please let us know. Um, if it is my sister, please let us know that you're okay. Either way, just let us know you're okay. Um, I'm annoyed that I've only just learnt that we've got a listener in Alaska. Why? Because when looking for something for the um, the story bit I done at the beginning of the episode, there I came across. And I didn't go over it because I was just like, oh, I don't know if it will kind of get much, stuff will get much from it. But there was a town, it had a population of 700 people, where the mayor was a cat. <laughs> if you give, give me a minute, I'll find it. <laughs> See, the issue I have here now is just... Why didn't you save this for the next one that you you got to do? <laughs> because it can't it can't wait that long. Oh, <laughs> Alex! Oh, I, 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 I'm speaking on behalf of me, Tom, and all the listeners. I've uh, we thoroughly enjoy an Alex <laughs> animal story, and I'm just so pleased that we've got a double whopper within one episode. Yeah, <laughs> even absolutely. If, yeah, even if it wasn't planned. Even though I can't find the fucker. Okay. In, in a town called um, Torquitna from um, April 12th, 1997, held its seat for 10 years uh, to July 21, um, 2017. The only re- it wasn't voted off. The only reason why the cat was no longer mayor is because it died. In 2017, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 20. I'm just, I'm just oh, no, sorry, the, the cat was called Stubbs. Yes, the cat was caused. I'm on the Wikipedia page for Stubbs oh, right now. One the one thing that already stands out here is um, one opinion writer for the Alaska Dispatch News insisted that the whole story was false and that Talkeetna did not have a cat mayor. <laughs> oh, okay. so it's not real? No, no, no. There, just one opinion writer wrote that, but That's... it was it was very much true. Yeah, um, I, I saw a picture of a cat in front of a sign saying "Welcome to Torquitna," and it looks the cat looked like that's a mare. <laughs> well, not not a mare because that's so that's a female that's a female horse. El- else, <laughs> elsewhere on the Wikipedia page, um, so in 2015, Stubbs was growing older and thus slowed down his public presence. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Before before dying more. in 2017, uh, Stubbs' yeah. owners have suggested that another family cat, Denali, may assume Talkeetna's mayorality, or mayoralty, or however you wish to pronounce that. Um, there's also a separate section of the Wikipedia page for injuries. Um, on August 31st, 2013, Stubbs was attacked by a dog. Um, <laughs> He was placed under heavy sedation at a veterinary hospital 70 miles away in Wasilla, having suffered a punctured lung, a fractured sternum and a deep cut in his side. And so his vet, his, uh, vet bills were crowdfunded. Um, From the 700 people. Other incidents, <laughs> other incidents included Stubbs being shot by teenagers with BB guns, <laughs> falling into Attempted a restaurant. Attempted assassination of a cat that's in there. <laughs> 
falling <laughs> falling into a restaurant's deep fryer, <laughs> which fortunately <laughs> which fortunately was uh, switched off and cool at the time, oh. uh, and hitching a ride to the outskirts of Talkeetna on a garbage truck. Oh, oh, oh hitchhiking. <laughs> so that that implies that the cat was stood at the side of the road with its paw up, asking for a lift. Yeah, with a sign. The sign just saying, "Get me out of here." He was just trying to establish a greater political reach. <laughs> Whilst having BB bullets still in its fur and it covered in fr- fat fryer and <laughs> juice, it oh. was like this is a low point. Get me out Fat of fryer juice. Don't you just mean oil, Nick? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's what I mean. One of the linked articles on Wikipedia <laughs> is to Sergeant Stubby, which is <laughs> which in a phenomenal going round full sec- circle to one of your previous stories, Alex, is an American dog who was promoted to the rank of sergeant through combat during World War One. Oh fuck! So <laughs> <laughs> what a lad! What a lad! So. But anyway, we've got massively sidetracked. Um, this was just welcome. Meant- hello, yeah, welcome to. So hello to our uh, listeners in in America. Yes, so hello, our transatlantic cousins. So yes, uh, yes. So we've lost so much time. So Tom, <laughs> should we just crack on with um, your little segment that you love to do? Yep, I love to do all of it. I am thrilled to be here every second of the day, Nick. So good. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, me too. So, it is that time, once again, to read the winners of the um, inspiration episode um, for Nick's Crap DVD Giveaway. Um, where we asked, uh, what do you find is... In- Sorry, what do you find inspiring? Um, or actually, as Alex asked at the time, what is the most inspirational shit? Um, <laughs> Which is, so, of course, inspiring in itself. Absolutely. Uh, well, fortunately... I don't, I don't after... remember that. I, don't remember, I, I, I know I said it, I just don't remember saying it at the time. <laughs> Yeah. Go back and listen to it and think about what you've done. <laughs> so, um, fortunately, there wasn't any literal inspirational shit, unlike the previous episode where we were discussing things that we hate and somebody said hangover farts. So, yeah. All of the answers we've received this time have actually been really nice. Um, mm. And it's, it is inspiring, actually, because it shows that our listeners are wonderful people so thank you for everyone that's entered um however it doesn't make it that easy to find comedy in um so we'll start off with uh, with mark from ireland and uh, he has chosen a topic that is very close to our hearts as our listeners will remember because he's gone for uh, christmas movies um he said they always make me feel good the nostalgia it's like a warm blanket uh always a go-to when feeling shitty uh they often end up representing the best part of what makes us human togetherness making time for each other but he says i also love all the pageantry and tradition around christmas in general um like christmas dinner costumes christmas trees etc so yeah i i I 
I don't think there's much we can say to argue with that. That's I was going to say, Alex, yeah, yeah, I thought it was really good. But Alex, you thought the complete opposite about Christmas films, didn't you? So what do you say in response to that? I'm just really concerned about this person. I'm, I'm, uh, right. <laughs> because... It really... Uh, well, no, no does... Nick, don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Go on. When so was it? So when Mark is listening, not listening. When Mark is watching Watch a Christmas film, is he? It, and it inspires him. That's fantastic. That's great. But if he uses it as a tool to cheer him up during you know shitty times and all that, if he's going through a bit of a rough patch in July, is he sticking on a Christmas film? Because if he is, I have an issue with that. Because I have an issue with my, with my mum when she starts doing it from August. So firstly, you are kind of creating an issue that hasn't been suggested here. Like, but it I hasn't don't, been I don't... unsuggested, has it? But it's only been suggested by you. Yes. You've created this. Yesterday. Now bear in mind, Christmas was a month ago. It Yesterday, was, yeah. I was I was at home. Bear in mind, I live with my parents because I'm in my 30s. Um, and I could hear that my mum was watching a Christmas film downstairs. I was horrified. I was traumatised. Okay. It's near the end of January. Christmas is 11 months away. Do you know what film it was? <laughs> I don't know. My mum would... Do you know, do you get the cheap, tacky Christmas TV channel? Yes. Which starts from August. My yeah. mum watches... That crap. Okay. You know, the, the £2 budget films. Nice to know that she, you know, during her little moment of happiness and wonder and fulfilment. <laughs> I was going to say, you just you just hear, like, you know, kind of all of these, like, nice jingly bits of, of Christmas music and these, uh, you know, the laughter and happiness in the stories. And you just hear Alex from another room upstairs just, for fuck's, fuck's sake. sake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah... <laughs> Sure, like you know, and I question my mum about it. I was like, why are you watching it now? It's too early. She was like, because she she likes it. She's getting it ready for Christmas. And I was just like, we haven't even had Halloween. I love your mum. She's great. I love I love my mum, but well, fuck's sake. <laughs> I I particularly like though, Alex, is that you've taken this in the direction of I'm worried about Mark from Ireland who hasn't said about this and you're projecting your own home life onto him yeah he's talking about the human condition about how it can bring the best out of people <laughs> whereas with you it brings out the opposite yeah but the pursuit of happiness can do that and that's not a christmas film right. i'm just worried that he's watching christmas films when it's not christmas time that's all okay all right that's cool Mark, if well you be. can if you can write in again and clarify when you watch christmas films that would be great. Thank you. And if you um, want to join me and see the same therapist, that's also fine. It's unlikely if he's from Ireland, unless you're fancying a bit of a commute. Um, yeah. So <laughs> we then have uh, Kate from Broadstairs. Um, and she, again, has come up with one that I think we can all agree with to various levels. Alex may be less so after that little tirade. Um, but she said, uh, my family inspires me. Uh, cheesy, I know. Um, she says always there to uh, to pick her up when she's down. Um, seeing family, doing things, it makes her want to do something. Um, but then she's also kind of given up, given us a backup answer. She just said, if that answer isn't funny enough, then uh, Gemma Collins. 
Um, she has also provided something that Gemma Collins has said. I don't know what the context of this that she she said it was, whether it was on some kind of like public appearance of some form. Um, but apparently she, she just said, imagine walking down the road and seeing pandas walking towards you. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> um, which, yes, it, it, it would. Um, it won't be, will it? Let's, let's, let's look at the reality of this. If, if if you were walking down a road, so let's go to London, we're walking down Oxford Street, yeah. and then all of a sudden, in the bus lane, there is about ten pandas walking towards you. I, I wouldn't be amazed. I mean, you would. You would I, have to do a double take. Yeah, and then go, what the fuck is going on? I would have the same reaction as I had... When I went to Wembley Stadium to watch Tottenham v Real Madrid and we went 3-0 up and I didn't celebrate, I just turned round and went to people behind me, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> That's the sort of reaction I, I will have. Right. And then I'll probably just go, no, I'm done with today, I'm going home. <laughs> That's what you would think and say when you saw pandas. Yeah. But but Alex, also they're quite vicious like creatures, you know. Pandas yeah. are deemed, you know, cute, lovely, lovely, lovely. They're really vicious. They can rip your head off. Yeah, exactly. So I won't be. I won't be. Oh my god, this is amazing! Look at this animal that can kill me. Yeah. Completely uncaged. <laughs> Not in its natural environment. If I was at a safe distance and it was in their natural environment and they posed no threat to me whatsoever, right? I'd be like, oh wow, look at that. Look, there's a herd of pandas. The media have been lying to me all along. They said they're endangered. Then I'll be amazed. Okay. But so there, there you go, Kate. You know. <laughs> that's you told. No, no, um, no. That's Gemma Collins told. <laughs> oh, Gemma Collins. Oh, okay. I was going to say because yeah. Kate, you know, she she's fair and just entered a competition to win a crap DVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Ab- I'd, absolutely. I'd, I'm, I'm assuming that the, the the example that Kate gave was a Gemma Collins quote. Yes. Right. That's fine then. I do feel though, Alex. I mean, to, just to kind of divert from this a little bit, you said a pack of pandas. I said a herd. Um, uh, sorry, a, a herd of pandas. There are apparently three different words that you can use for a collection of pandas. Um, one of them is quite thematic, um, but the other two I don't understand. So apparently, you can call them a bamboo of pandas. That kind of makes sense because mm-hmm. obviously, you know, they bamboo. Yeah. Um, you can, you could also call them an embarrassment of pandas, um, and a cupboard of pandas. A cupboard of pandas. Cupboard. That just sounds cruel. This is a fact you'll like, Nick. Pandas. Now this is this is a fact I stumbled across. Go on. And I kind of went, well, yeah, obviously. Pandas shit eighty percent of what they eat. <laughs> so where's the other twenty percent going? So, so where does the twenty percent? Yeah, because I shit one hundred percent of what I eat. Right, it goes into making them chunky boys. That's, that's why. That's why that you know, you, if you poke them with a stick, the stick will probably get lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, shall we? Anyway, let's move on before the animal rights people call in and email complain. Oh, actually, if the animal rights people do want to complain, what email do they send it to, Alex? Ourbottompodcast at yahoo.com. And if they want to find us on Facebook? Ourbottompodcast. And Instagram? Ourbottompodcast. Next, Tom. (laughs) So, uh, on to our winner. Now, 
we're not going to be able to relate to this in the slightest, but we all agreed pre this episode, this sounds absolutely bloody lovely. Um, so in addition to our listeners from America, we also have a listener from Chile uh, called Alexandra. And she has written in and she said, what inspires me is where she grew up as a child um, on her granddad's farm. And uh, yeah, so she said it was a, a beautiful place to, to grow up. She, um, she had lots of horses on the farm. I think she said it was uh, a very nice place to see the sunset as well. Mm. Which And it just creates this really nice idyllic image that obviously none of us will ever see. But it's just, I just, as soon as I heard that, I thought that's just like a really nice window into somebody else's life. Yeah. Which was lovely. Yeah. So where (laughs) up to now, all of the answers we've chosen as winners have been the one that have just either made us laugh the most or horrify us the most. This is the one that has made all three of us collectively just go, ah. And what DVD does uh, Alexandra win, Nick? The Crow. The Crow. However, <laughs> this creates a problem. As yes. we do have a listener from Chile, um, unless <laughs> she's got methods, she's not going to be able to play this DVD, is she? Because <laughs> it's going to be region locked. Um, <laughs> and I'll be honest, that is the sole purpose why I voted for her to win it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Because I am that much of a dick. <laughs> I also thought, I thought as well, it means that I have to spend more money on sending it to. Yeah, that that as well. Yeah. That was that was my first thought, and right. then I went, ah, and she won't be able to watch it because it's the wrong region. <laughs> so everyone loses <laughs> because that's why you voted for Ali. Anyway, Tom, carry on. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, so Alexandra, thank you for sharing that snapshot of your childhood with us. It was absolutely beautiful, and also you did partially win because we're knobs. So thank you. (laughs) And we will have another next crap DVD giveaway at the end of this episode. Marvellous. Good. Um, Yes. So this is episode eight. And what we're going to be talking and discussing about or using it as an excuse to talk utter, utter drivel is um, pride. Pride. Proudness. What are you proud of? No, not not proudness. That's why the word pride exists. All right. All right. (laughs) Already. I'm I'm ten seconds into the topic. Straight away. Anyway. Uh, So, yes. So, we've got this episode on pride. So, obviously, it's an interesting emotion and mood. I think out of... I was in the research for this and the run-up to it, I actually was looking up what does it mean in regards to because it's one of the seven deadly sins isn't it so i did actually look up where does it kind of fit in with all of it and an awful lot of like um uh philosophers and in very important far more intelligent people than us three um have actually put it as um uh that pride is the most separate uh sin from lust envy anger greed gluttony and sloth because all of those sins are obviously really bad but some have said that pride is actually the deadliest of all of the seven deadly sins and is the root of all evil and where the beginning of sin begins. Which I actually thought was quite interesting, actually, because pride, you, can, you know, most people associate it these days with, like, you know, um, uh, you know, the LGBT movement, naturally, obviously, of course, worthwhile cause. But then if you think about it as an emotional mood, it can be 
50-50, can't it? So is this person basically saying it's the gateway to to the deadly sins? I I guess. Is, yeah. he, comp- is he or she comparing it to well, weed? Well, them, because they're philosophers. Well, are they comparing it to weed? Weed? Because... I was going to say, it's the gateway yeah. drug of the seven um, deadly sins. I have no idea. It, it just... they. <laughs> I have no idea. I didn't think about it in the context of drugs. But, um... Uh, no, it just says, um, yeah, it just, uh, like, on this little page that I've got here, it just says, um, love, envy, anger, greed, gluttony, and sloth are all bad. Love? Sorry, love is lust, awful. Lust, envy, anger, greed, gluttony, and sloth. Uh, and then it says, um, but the pride is the deadliest of all, the root of all evil, and the beginning of sin. Um, but then also, there's the positive side of it, but, like, for example, you know, parental pride, where, you know, parents are proud of their children or you're proud of something you've achieved or you're proud of someone of what they may have done and then as well as that um there's a guy called richard taylor who defined pride as the justified love of oneself well speaking of definitions nick because uh you know we do have to of course delve into the oxford english dictionary definition which is the only definition we will accept absolutely we yeah, are, as yeah. much as I want us to go for Collins' definition, but well, you can do that by yourself. <laughs> I do many things by myself, Tom. Indeed, Alex spending his nights bemoaning his parents watching Christmas films and masturbating into the Collins English Dictionary. So, with the Oxford English Dictionary definition of pride, we have the following. Ooh. A feeling of pleasure or satisfaction that you get when you or people who are connected with... What is the problem? <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I, oh. I forgot I'm not ten. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. We, 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 is it because I said just... pleasure and satisfaction? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. God, if okay. I ever have sex again. Go on, go on, go on. <laughs> no, go on, we're, we're listening, we're being sexy. <clears throat> anyway. A feeling of pleasure or satisfaction that you get when you or people who are connected with you have done something well or own something that other people admire. The pride of something, a person or thing, that gives people a feeling of pleasure or satisfaction. The feeling of respect that you have for yourself. Or, the more negative side of it, the feeling that you are better or more important than other people. So that that so that's just the the second bit of that definition. The last bit you just said there, Tom, mm. um, kind of ties in with what you were saying on uh, deadly sins. Sin side, yes. really. Yeah. Kind yes. of. Yeah. I'm better than everybody else. I am fantastic. Kill that man. Mm. He yeah. might become better than me. Yeah. Kill him. Yeah. So is, so pride and murder <laughs> are essentially the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, th- on a very slidable scale, yeah. This is the thing. I mean, like, how many of those people, and I straight away, several people come to my head, like those people who you've met who are, there's a difference between confidence and arrogance, but. Absolutely, yeah. Massive, massive difference. But you just meet someone who is arrogant, who genuinely believes that you do not believe, you do not deserve to be within their space. And in like, oh, do you know who I am? That kind of thing. That kind of, like, people don't think of that as pride. They just think of it as arrogance or what an idiot or what a cock or whatever. But at the same time, it is that kind of thing of being like, well, that's all rooted within 
that whole system of being like, well, pride is to do with oneself, isn't it? And it's to do with, for example, St. Augustine, um, um, who was a very well famous philosopher, uh, world famous and philosopher. And saint. And saint. Um, even defined um, pride as the love of one's own excellence. Maybe it's a self-defense mechanism thing of wanting to believe what you're doing because maybe you're afraid of what the external exterior world may or, do to you. Or... or is it that St. Augustine wanted people to see themselves as being excellent? Look at themselves in a, in a positive way. Mm. And it's that thing, isn't it? To, 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 love, to love yourself. Hmm. You, you can't love yourself. You can't love other. You can't love other people until you love yourself. Is, is it that? Mm. I mean, I assume he's dead now, so we can't <laughs> ask him to get in touch. No, that's a shame. Because it'd be nice to have a bit of clarity on that. I'm sure when he did say that quote, he thought, "Oh, I wonder if the Our Bottom podcast would be." <laughs> he should have sent us an email. He should have sent us an email just in case. If you ever bring this up, I don't think this... they had emails in ancient Greece, but. <laughs> They had something. They uh, how else did they relay news? You know, chipping on probably like a stone. I was going to say there's like a stone tablet somewhere outside Athens. It's like (laughs) must remember to get in touch with podcast that doesn't exist yet. (laughs) (laughs) And also, I realised I was doing this when neither of you two can see me. Also, the listeners can't see me. I was mimicking chiselling by punching my palm. <laughs> so <laughs> you can complete that mental image. Well <laughs> done. Well done. Yeah. But I guess it is like with your point, Alex, it's one of those things where maybe maybe the reason why pride is may is probably the fifty fifty of all of the seven deadly sins is because it can be used for in some ways, maybe not externally, but a force for good or a force for um, evil or whatever because you know like or say evil very dramatic but yeah so when you meet someone who's arrogant and is full of themselves and I've met so many people you know like just I, th- I think in all types of industries and jobs yeah. but you know someone who goes I you know you sometimes see it on the apprentice we go I'm the best thing you're rubbish you're awful I'm great I'm great I'm great I'm great but the thing is is that the more that someone I don't know about you guys but when I meet someone who is like that i just automatically think they're really heavily insecure because they don't believe a single thing about them so they feel like if they say it over and over and over they'll start to believe it yeah yeah. some arrogance can be born out of very justified pride because someone might have done good things like like when you say nick like using the apprentice as an example i'm sure the people that have gotten themselves into that position have done good things to get to that um and have you know been successful or whatever but that doesn't kind of justify the arrogance it justifies pride but it doesn't justify arrogance so i think you know you can kind of earn a sense of pride but then obviously and we'll talk about it more later but obviously when you said about how um pride you associate with the lgbt community that's obviously coming from a very different place because that's more about kind of self-expression and and i suppose celebrating the individual who is growing up with something that you know they didn't choose to happen to them but it is who they are and even in a world that isn't always accepting of it celebrating that yeah yeah i think that's fair thanks with the nature of pride i mean like can you think of the number one person who you've met 
who is in a negative sense to do with prize really really got rubbed you up the wrong way yes or you rubbed them up the wrong yes way. see i didn't know you were going to ask this question you're asking this among three of us who obviously all went to college together i now know that all three of us are thinking of the exact same person we're not going to say their name is it potentially we... two people <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we're not going to delve into that too much because... Why not? Well, I'm really because libel tongue. and slander are a thing. Well, so. well, you know... I'm really biting my tongue. You're, you're denying yeah. Alex the opportunity for self-expression. <laughs> All right, Alex, I'll tell you what. Let's make a deal here. I, as an editor, will say to you, run wild, say whatever you want, but everything you say, make it non-specific enough that it fits the topic... And then it doesn't sound like we're planning an orchestrated attack on one person. <laughs> that's going to be really hard. Yeah, that's... Um... It is. However, it's the only way we can get away with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, come on. Okay. Uh, go on, Alex, lead the way. Okay, so it's great that you can take, as you say, Nick, um, when, you, when you achieve something and you take pride in it. Now, when something happens to you, riding on something... On, on something that was negative that happened to you is using that thing and is actually taking the focus away from what you are actually able to to achieve rather than I can achieve something even though I was told I wouldn't be able to. Fuck off. Ups, uh, well, to, I'd say to kind of open that up. Yep, yeah, that, fair, fair play. Fair well play. done for not mentioning any names. Well Oof. done. To... Open that up to kind of a wider point, and I think both of you will be able to agree with me on this. I suppose it's the same logic as people relying on a sob story to get through, like, the X Factor or something. Like, just because, like, I don't know, you had a great-grandmother who always used to encourage you to sing as a child, and then she died because everyone does and you've been kind of milking that dry for 20 years and just kind of said, yeah, but it was her dream to see me sing, and now it's my dream to see me sing. So I'm now going to sing, I don't know, something by the Pussycat Dolls and have her memory. Behave yourself. Yeah. This is the thing. Like, it, all of that stuff really annoys me because it's like you're, you haven't got to that position because... Of all of that stuff, like you know, my grand used to tell me to sing, so I started singing, and now here I am, she's dead, and now I'm on stage, you know, I'm in tears because she's dead. Um, it's horrible that she can't see me sing because she's dead, so I'm gonna sing a song because she's dead, dead. yeah, and this, this is for her, this is for you, grand, even though you're dead. Um, <laughs> while staring into the camera whilst doing uh, while saying, yeah, I'll be honest yeah. if, so, if somebody had done like an on stage X Factor audition and said all of that I would have watched the shit out of that <laughs> <laughs> but that is that's, that is the, the basic narrative of it is like look at me I'm singing a song um, even though I'm emotional because my, my gran is dead I'm sensing a pattern Alex <laughs> <laughs> It's it's not. I am singing a song 
Um, hoping that I can get to the next round and maybe go even further into the competition and win the competition because I'm able to sing. It's, oh, this is so hard for me to be doing, so hard for me to be doing because my grand, my grand died 10 years ago. Did I mention she's dead? And it was her dream that before she dies that she wants to see me audition on The X Factor and now she's dead. So that's, so that, <laughs> that will be the VT and then, and then, and then you'll have Rachel Adadeji. <laughs> oh, actually, I'm really glad you brought her up again because I, <laughs> I realised after recording the the, uh, the episode uh, where we did mention her a lot, uh, you pronounced her name correctly and I didn't. So I would like to apologise to Rachel Adadeji because I said Adadeji. Actually, no, it's the other way around, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> I still can't get it right. <laughs> Rachel Adadeji. There we go. <laughs> well done. Thank you. So, Sorry, Rachel. Yeah, don't take don't take pride. <laughs> Please return my calls. Something you're not in control of. Yes. Yeah. If you've gone through some hardship, if you've had something unfortunate happen to you, and you've kind of, I suppose, grown from it and kind of overcome the adversity, that is absolutely something to be proud of. However. I don't think that it should give you free, like a free pass in a different sphere. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, if something happened to you, say what about twenty years ago? As a nice, as a nice non-specific roughly, example, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and without you know, getting specific, two decades later, you're still banging on about it. It's in the papers. We're not talking about specific people, though, are we? And everything that you're doing, you're you're going back to something that happened to you two days. Well, no, what you're doing now is not actually affected by that because you've, you're making a choice of doing this stuff now. Do so you... so take pride in what you're fucking doing now, not because of what I fucking... I've, I've said it before. I ain't saying it again. <laughs> so... <laughs> and Tom just said for listeners, to anyone who's just watching Alex doing it, I've never seen him look so cross. He's clenching his fists, he's gritting his teeth, and he looks like he wants to punch someone really hard. Go on. So, yes, I, I think that the best, the best way to kind of end that there is obviously, you know, be proud if you've overcome adversity, be proud if you've overcome something that has happened to you that obviously I suppose you kind of consider unfair. Um, Although, can I interject? You, go on. I've recently, I have been taken pride out of somebody else's disability. Right. <laughs> I really wish I hadn't said yes now, but go on. <laughs> do you want me to elaborate? Yes, please. I, I do, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're in now. Okay. okay we're so, in the pool of not going back. Right. So, the... the the pub, <laughs> the pub that I work at, we've uh, we've acquired a new friend slash regular, and it's a bit frustrating when he comes in because he sits at the bar and he wants to communicate with you constantly. The issue is is that he is completely and utterly deaf, <laughs> which is, which isn't funny. Well, it's not. Like, I was going to say, Nick, I don't know why no, your response no, there was to, to laugh. It was just but, so yeah. from left field, being like, right, he comes in and he's really annoying, but it's annoying, <laughs> but he's deaf. <laughs> so it's kind of, so, just so from left field. I was not anticipating <laughs> you saying that. Go on. So he he's constantly um, sign languaging to me, and all, and I don't know any sign language, but I've been picking stuff up, 
and I've been doing a little bit of my own um, learning of sign language so then I can communicate back with him. Yeah. And to be able to, like, I mean, now now I've been doing a little bit of sign language. He's now sign language, doing sign language on a different level. And you kind of go, for fuck's sake, mate, let me learn the basics first. Um, Do you communicate that to him in sign language? <laughs> <laughs> I really should. I, I mean, he's, 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 he's a nice bloke. He's, he's got learning difficulties. I don't mind saying all this sort of stuff because he won't listen to us. Um, he can't, can he? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, Nick, I think that was the point that Alex was hinting at without needing to be so explicit about it. But yeah, <laughs> thank right. you for clearing it up for the special people in the back of the class. <laughs> I'm a messenger for the people. But mm. it's kind of, I feel, to be able to communicate, like, because of him, I'm now doing that for him so I can communicate with him and learning a new skill. And I feel a bit of, if you like, a bit of pride from that. Yeah. You can use it to your advantage and put it on your CV. I mean, I probably won't, but... Yeah, but, you know. Actually, Alex, I've forgotten what the whole point. Why did you bring up the deaf bloke? Well, because I just wanted to say, like, contrary to what I was saying before, I do take pride out of somebody else's disability. Right, okay. But you're, but that's not in a sense of you're happy they're disabled. No, it's it's that's that's never what was intended by that though, Nick. No, no one saying because I was going to say there's like, a massive difference. Yeah, I'm, yeah, overcoming adversity and overcoming, for example, a disability is not the same as saying I'm really happy that I'm disabled or I'm really happy that this person is disabled. Yeah, that's just bullying. <laughs> I, I take pride in that. That I'm. It's somebody who. She's trying to communicate with me and I'm trying to communicate with them. Mm. And I'm not being given a choice. <laughs> it's being forced upon me. And I am now finding ways, resolving ways of communicating back with him. Yeah. And, and that, that sort of stuff, like I can, I can take some form of pride in. Because some people just walk away from him and sit somewhere else where they're like they're not now that shot. is mean it's not that it, it is and it isn't because it, 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 it's very difficult i don't know if, if you guys know any sign I've language got a friend who's deaf yeah yeah and my sign language is awful but the thing is is that i know the kind of the reason why i say it's awful is because pe- those people are choosing to n- deliberately not they're not bothering to engage with someone who is actually who could be quite interesting just because there is a little bit of a barrier and you have to do a tiny bit of work to communicate with them. The thing, the thing with this page is that this I've I've come across many deaf people in the past and I've been able to communicate on some level because they'll be they they're not completely deaf. Yeah. This person is he's tone deaf, no sound whatsoever. He makes sounds, um, yeah. Yeah. which annoys me, um, and he does sit there and he sign languages to himself. Which amuses me, and I will be completely honest. So um, the sign, from what I from what I gathered, uh, so please forgive me if it's not completely correct. But the the sign for living or or how like house or something like that is is uh, putting your two hands together like the fingertips together to create a triangle. Yes, as if it's like a rooftop. Yes. When he does that, and I, I feel terrible for this, but when he does that, I do in my head start singing, a pizza hut, a pizza hut, and take for a chicken. <laughs> Actually, I know it's terrible, because it's, it's not taking the mick out of him. 
Um, I was going to say, it is terrible for me as an editor to wonder how we've gone from pride to being very <laughs> insensitive about people's afflictions. But yeah. Yeah, I know, I know, and I'm sorry. But Carry on. <laughs> well, I was going to say, Alex, like, you know, you said like a second ago, he makes sounds at the bar. Yeah. And it annoys you. Nick, we're not exploring this idea. No, no, you want <laughs> It's to, of no benefit to you, anyone. I heard you giggling, Tom, so don't give me this whole <laughs> self-righteousness. No, we're not doing it. No, we're jumping into this. Alex, why does that annoy you? Because one of the sounds he makes is... So if I... So if I've sort of if it's saying stuff to me and I think oh yeah I've got an understanding and then I'm responding in 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 a way mm-hmm. and then kind of that draws the end of that bit of the conversation I go off to do something else all of a sudden it makes a sound as if it is sort of like saying no 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 you've got it wrong yes that's what it sounds like yeah so I keep kind of going ah oh, turn around and going well, what now and then then he starts like talking to me again oh yeah yeah my 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 um my deaf friend does that as well yeah, like, yeah, when i get mean. something wrong or if i if my attention's on something else he goes ooh, ooh you know ooh, you know and, and, and trying to sign language but then what i normally do i respond to him by saying shut the fuck up <laughs> and then he then calls me a, you know was it uh a c- no no he sign language no he's more articulate than that it was something <laughs> along the lines of he called me yeah, he called me a retarded ballerina. I like this person. Who's got a small penis. I like this person. <laughs> really? Yes. But he actually sign language to me. And do you know what was really annoying? Was that it was such a good comeback that I actually had to ask him, how do you sign language that? So I can say it to other people. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you know that that's what you said? My other friend was there and he was... And, I, and but anyway. But he, he just constantly makes sounds. He's not aware he's making those sounds. No. But no. it's uh, yeah. It's just annoying when I think, uh, oh, he's responding to me and I've got something wrong. Oh, no, he's just looking at his phone going, no, 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 no. It's just, you know, and that is an actual um, impression. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> Wouldn't want it to come across as insensitive or anything. Oh, we're going to hell. So, um, uh, pride. Um, yeah, yes. yeah, it's all please. Bo- it's all Thanks. bollocks, isn't it? No, but, no. <laughs> in all seriousness, Tom, have you got? Hello. Have you got anything? Hello. Have you got anything in particular that you're proud of? You take great pride. I mean, in? I suppose, like, when it comes to um, personal achievements, you know, I'm kind of I'm proud of um, my music. Um, oh. I am proud of this podcast. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I do have things that I kind of feel pride about. Um, I suppose really the obvious thing to go into is, is, is the gay stuff. Gay. Yep. That's the one. So I, I, I actually want to kind of posit it first by kind of asking two heterosexual men, how do you, what's your feelings on obviously kind of the, the concept of of pride, I suppose, being appropriated, if that's the right word, by the LGBT community. That's an interesting question. Um, Thanks. Um, oh fuck! He's put us on the spot, Nick. We, we could be completely exposing ourselves I, here. I don't have any thoughts on the subject. No, um, <laughs> I I get it. I totally, I totally get it because it's yeah, yeah, totally. As was addressed earlier on, it's 
it is that action of taking pride in in who who you are not not saying you Tom but like just the LG, LGBTQ plus community in general mm. which is sad that we live in a society where that action has to be made and has to yeah has to be acted upon and yeah advertised in, in an ideal world you wouldn't have to have anything like that no. but we don't live in that ideal world yeah well it's yeah i mean it's one of those things that and i guess with with the whole move with the whole movement there's so many different movements and so many different types um these days it can kind of all it seems like it's all getting a little bit blurry but the thing is is that with the lgbt movement it was the you know it was around even before it became officially a movement you know like in the i think it's 60s 70s and 80s there was section 28 which means that you were not allowed to publicly or in schools or in pubs or anywhere uh, to discuss about uh, homosexuality or anything like that because it was deemed as if you were trying to influence someone to become that which is just a bit like and margaret thatcher um, supported that and it well it, it's still it's still very much uh kind of i suppose if you look at, at more i suppose the more eastern world mm. that a lot of kind of the anti-lgbt legislation it's basically the the laws are against promotion of that sort of thing yeah and then there's the kind of there's like the conflation that teaching people that it exists is seen to be promoting it. Yeah, which is bizarre. Because yeah. it, like, we can't understand it. And it's why with those kind of countries where they they do see it the, the way I think we did in this country like 50, 60 years ago, it's why it's just a bit kind of like, wow, you guys are like 50, 60 years behind. Do you know what I mean? Like I find it quite mm. amazing that, you know, some of my best friends mm. are... I, what I find... Like you say, 50, 60 years behind. The thing we, I think we went backwards as as humans, mm. because if you go back to our ancient Greek and ancient Roman times, everyone was shagging each other. Oh yeah. Mm. Um, it, it like gender gender didn't really matter. It was just you know. Yeah. Um, and then religion and society developed. Where all of a sudden they kind of went, no, you can't do that anymore. Yeah, and then it just, and then as socially, it just gradually became unacceptable. Yeah, for centuries mm. until until the sixties happened. Yeah, in yeah. this country, free love and all that. Yeah, yeah. But I just, you know, I, I just, I feel, it, yeah, it is one of those things where it's just, you know. I just find, you know, I, I just don't understand why people would have a problem with it. The problem is, I guess, is that people get annoyed with the kind of whole subdividing of it. So you've got the LGBT movement, but then also then there's the transgender movement, which is deemed an entirely different thing, even though... I've... Despite being the T yes. in LGBT. Yes. And then, and then you get these two different types of movements, it's, um, like saying, oh, well, we're supporting this but we don't agree with you this. Like, for example, with racism in um, football, I know we're getting a bit deep here. It won't be long. But um, like in football, there's the um, uh, no to racism movement and then there's the kick it out campaign. 
they both mm. disagree with each other on so many things and the way you go about it, despite the fact that they both have the same cause. No, and I, I think I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I I think it's right to 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 go deep onto this because I think that uh, the the main kind of point that I suppose I was going to tie it back into is that for me the notion of kind of pride being associated with the LGBT. I don't think that it necessarily kind of should only encompass that or you know that should be the the go-to that everyone everyone thinks of but I mean I would say with sexual orientation in the same way that people have um, prejudices over you know race religion gender um, age anything that people have have prejudices over I think that the whole at its base level, the whole idea should be that people should be allowed to kind of celebrate their own achievements, celebrate who they are, be just as kind of as celebrated by society, regardless of, you know, insert character trait or characteristic here. Mm. Because it obviously all of the kind of bigotry and prejudice comes from the same place. Yeah. And I don't think there are kind of particular battles i suppose that you that are specific to one subsection um because i think ultimately most people just want to be able to kind of live as they are be yeah. accepted for who they are yeah. be raised up for who they are you know if if someone is like the victim of racism and someone is the victim of homophobia yes obviously they're coming from different places but ultimately, I would say that the main goal is to just be able to to live and integrate in society. Um, so yeah, I, I think that obviously it's a it's a good term that pride is a good term to use for that. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just interesting to know your thoughts. I mean, I do th- as as a kind of side note. I mean, when it comes to kind of the the identity thing. I think I feel like identity politics is almost kind of going the same way that politics is in general that there's very little gray area and very little nuance these days there there's very much kind of a if you're not with us you're against us if you don't see things the exact same way we do then you are inherently wrong for that and I don't believe that's the case I don't think it's the case that you have kind of two sides to to every story I kind of long for a day, which is going to sound a bit pathetic, but I long for a day when people can kind of look at a situation and say, you know, I see this slightly differently to you. You see this slightly differently to me. But ultimately, we want the same common goal. And I used I used to think that was the way with politics. But it's, it's, just, bas- it's just tribal now. But these... But... Yeah, going back to the, obviously the original point, as I say, I think that everyone should have the the right and the ability and the support to be proud of who they are. Yeah. Yeah. And also with politics, all they do these days is just, you know, have parties at their workplace and photocopy their asses on the photocopy of the Christmas do. Which was not meant to happen. <laughs> no. Can you just imagine if, like, the one bit of evidence that brings Boris Johnson down is a photocopy of his ass? <laughs> <laughs> Sue Gray's report. What is it? It's just 500 pages of his ass. 
God. Yeah, she she actually concluded the investigation a long time ago. She's just in therapy now. Yeah. <laughs> what have you seen? I've seen terrible things. <laughs> what did you see? I saw a dark hole. Oh, Jesus. So, of course, you know, with pride and proudness, we've discussed, you know, little snippets of... Still not a word. What's not a word? Proudness. Proudness. Is it not a word? No. The, the, they use the word we, pride. We covered this a little while ago. All right. Well, you know, I, I think it should be a word. Um, we've no, discovered... That's why I've got the word pride. All right. Well, we, we've discussed quite a bit. So I've just done a quick Google. Proudness is a word. Thank you very much. You know, they said Shakespeare invented over 1,000 words. And, you know, when I make up one, it actually turns out to be true. So. I mean, that's according to the free dictionary, which... The free dictionary? <laughs> you know, I say lots of things that, you know, get unnoticed or scrutinised or you know, verbally <laughs> beaten up out all the time when doing this. But, you know. And here we have a live realisation of uh, Nick crossing the line between pride and arrogance. I'm not so, arrogant, which, all right? I just know what I'm good at. Which, Tom, by the way, it mm. kind of says, I mean, I'm not taking your uh, definition thing away. I'll quickly do this. Um, the quality, so pr- proudness is a noun. The quality of being arrogant is in bold. The rest of it isn't. I ain't going to bother going into the rest of it. The word pride is in there. Nice to know your research is going well. Yeah, so... You, I'm not going to bother going into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, cause... Nick, I wouldn't scrutinise that if I were you. It's the uh, research that supports you. Yeah, so... that's it did, and that was are the bit now, that was involved. Are we now in like a paradox of... <laughs> I'm taking great pride in exposing your arrogance. I'm not arrogant at all. I've been told I'm arrogant, but people just get confused. <laughs> because I'm just so great. Because they're pathetic. So, um, <laughs> I mean, you talk. You, you said Tom earlier on about how you feel like you take pride in your in your music, um, mm. and I think that's a good thing because uh, I now take pride in in my work, like working at the pub, and mm. especially over summertime when we still had the restrictions of table service only, so we were limited on numbers. And over the course of the summer, you had the European Championships going on, which, when you have that sort of stuff going on, everybody wants to go to the pub to watch the England games if England are in the tournament, which England were. So it set us up with a challenge that we everybody was booking tables, make, wanting to get in, get in on the act before, before even England were guaranteed to be playing. And I cottoned this, or clocked onto this, I should say. I was going to say cotton. And I just thought, like, right, we're not taking any bookings for that day. Until we know what's going on, we're not taking any bookings for that day. Because it was so stressful. Mm. And I decided, I mean, my boss, uh, my other colleagues, they tried to kind of go, well, let us help you out. And I was like, nope. And I was like, I need to sort this out. So like, you're stressed. I was like, I know I'm stressed, and that's fine. It's how I'm dealing with this stuff. And then I'll go back to when at the England v Germany game when we won 2 0. Now, I celebrated a lot. I kind of, the, the, the position I kind of, well, I was going to say the position I played. I played up front in that game, scored two goals. Um, the, the role I played in the pub was I was kind of sort of like meeting and greeting people as I came in and taking them to their tables, which I had allocated for them 
because you get different group numbers. Who's so like, right, got to kind of put people so they can see the TV, this, that, and the other. And obviously, I celebrated because we beat Germany. But then within that, it was just like 12 hours later, I was back in stressing out. So I was like, I'm celebrating. And even though I kind of go, now it's going to get even more stressful. But each single time, there was, I, I remember distinctly there was these two ladies, they came down on holiday here. And they want. They phoned up wanting a seat, and I was just like, I'm not sure I can work it out. But I took their contact details, phoned them back up, and said, like, I've got space for you. I'm afraid you can only sit outside. We have two TVs outside, and it's far away from the TV. I said, No, that's fine, that's fine. And they were so grateful to me, and it was, it was, it, it just felt so, so good and so warm in that. that I was going through that stress, trying to make sure that everybody had a good time. And when people were acknowledging and acknowledging that, it made me feel really good. As uh, yeah, absolutely, um, because I think there is a lot to be said, and I mean, I think I suppose this goes against the narrative that millennials have no work ethic. I would say all three of us we are very much aware of the fact that there is a lot of pride to be taken from the satisfaction of a job well done. Yeah, one hundred percent. I thought I, I think you know after spending kind of all of my working life up until recently in customer service, um, I think really that's the only thing that kept me with it as long as I was, because there was a lot about customer service that, that made me unhappy. Mm. However, having kind of, I suppose that you get a lot of kind of, you get immediate results with customer service, whether it's positive or negative. And to be able to see kind of an immediate impact of something that you've worked hard to get to, oh yeah, um, that that feels fantastic. Um, yeah. So yeah, and and I would imagine Nick, it's this it's the same in in your sphere of work. I I just get so much in well yeah I get so much pride in other people's enjoyment. If I if I've kind mm. of helped or kind of you know managed their enjoyment. Oh then I take so much pride in it. And I really hope you don't take pride in teaching, Nick, because from our previous recordings... Do you know what? I don't think the children are getting much <laughs> of an what? education from you. I thought about your comments when yeah. I was teaching today. And I genuinely, um, in all seriousness, like when I was teaching a kid today about... Uh, year one kid about ordering numbers between least and greatest, smallest and biggest and whatnot. I do genuinely like recall just thinking, oh, actually, I didn't have kind of any self-doubt. I was a bit like, well, actually, oh, okay. I, I, and the way I explained whatever this concept was, um, I then explained it to them in a way which I know before full well they did not get it. They did not know what the you know, you have 11, 16, and 20. They would get it wrong. They'd be like, I oh, know, 16's the biggest. It's like, no, it isn't. Um, and, and and going over it with them. And then by the end of it, that kid, like, he got it. And then he sat with me whilst I was going through it with the other children because he wanted to see and wanted to learn more by the way that I had explained it to him. And he was like a, like a little, it was kind of like um, having like a TA kind of next to you asking you questions. Being like, oh, how do you do this? How do you do that? And the fact that I managed to get him to that point of actually being for internally wanting to know more and wanting to find out more, that did make me feel like, oh, wow, 
I can actually do this. <laughs> Despite what all of my friends Despite say. Despite what two of my friends say on the podcast. All of your friends. Uh, you know, my two friends. You're, or, you're all, all, all of my two friends. Yes. Yes. Well, despite what they say, I can do this. <laughs> but, um, you know, then I totally messed it up by doing a massive ham fart. So, you know. <laughs> and then ever since that kid's just gone, oh, how do you do that, Mr. B? That's much more interesting. Yeah, I'll be like, oh, God, I've just lost him. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. But, um. I, I'm glad that you uh, gave us an example because I don't think you can talk about that kind of thing without giving us an example. So. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. But yes, so. <laughs> Although, to be fair, Nick, you did teach me how to do it. What, the ham fart? Yeah. See, I'm a good teacher. Can you do it then, Alex? Yes. Listen. Wow. My, his, his is always higher than mine. You know, she can go really high. Go really high, Alex. Go on. Mine's, no, that was lower. Mine's... It's good, isn't it? Yeah, mine's a bit... Yours yeah, is a bit flatter these days. That's, that's a Boris on a copier. <laughs> <laughs> Registered trademark. We've gone this far throughout the season or the series eight episodes and it's a podcast called our bottom and we haven't really been doing the hand farts no so I'm no i glad think, I that think we've nick that. did it once like a, a kind of towards the beginning of the uh, towards the beginning of the season but it hasn't become synonymous with our art no. form no it hasn't with our art but, but i feel yeah. like we've done that now Absolutely, yeah, and I am proud of you. So thank you, thank you. Because of course I can't do it. You have attempted to teach me to do it on a number of occasions, and it, there's just something about it that I'm clearly just not getting. I, I, I mean, I don't have as sweaty palms as you do, um, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know if there's any more kind of teaching that I can I can get from well, that. But yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if you're in the bathtub, um, just get your hands wet, and then put your hands together as if you're going to clap, and then just squeeze your inner palms together as if you're going to squish something in it, like, you know, Play-Doh or whatever. Squish it really hard, and then you should make a sound. See, I, what I do, I clasp my hands together, but make sure that yeah. there's a bit of air in it. Then I trap yeah. it, then yeah. I that's what you do. press. Yeah, that's exactly it. You're squashing the air. Squashing that's exactly air. what I'm doing, and I can't do it. Don't so, worry. But anyway, so... <laughs> yes, because your hands you, Tom, are shit. On to you, yeah. Tom. So we're going to open it up to you. Um... Can and you do a hand fart? <laughs> well, our competition this week is going to be, can you do a hand <laughs> fart? We're just going to get a number of people that respond with yes and a number of people that respond with no. That's a way to shorten the intro for the next well, one. Well, what, what if they record it and then, and then they send us the recording via Our Bottom Podcast at yahoo.com or on our Facebook page of Our Bottom Podcast or our Instagram page of Our Bottom Podcast. And they send us, and we'll have different variations of hand farts. And then you, Tom, being that, you know, you like making your musics and stuff, you can then make a song out of it. But then the thing is... And that then that will, be our, that will be our entry for but, Christmas number one. Wait, wait. I like the idea, Alex. The, I love the idea. The, 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 I, love the idea. I am marrying this idea. Yeah, yeah, you do like it. But the thing is, how do we know it's actually them doing it? Because it's not well, it's going to have to be a video recording, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. I tell, sound like you haven't which, thought this through, Alex. I, I in which, oh, okay. in which case, okay, well, I'm that could, that could be the music video. I'm not averse to this. However. <laughs> It's not going to be tied in to the competition. So Nick and Alex, if you can make like a 
a note for this to be kind of an ongoing thing on our social media. Make it a sticky post on the social media. And then when we have enough, I will try and make an anthem based around people's attempts at hand farts. Okay. Or if if they come across a funny fart, then just send it in to us. And so then we can sample it together. Yeah, just... um... Or we could just download the app where it just where it just makes fart sounds. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got that. I've got that. I think we all have it. Yeah. We we we've all got that. I remember one time where I think we were actually all round at yours, Nick, and we'd been drinking and we were just cycling through them and just collectively losing our minds. Um, <laughs> so yes, we will put that on the uh, on the social media for people to to get involved. Um, but the question that we have for you this fortnight um, is, well, I suppose it's a musical question, and See? it's going to be... What have you done today to make you feel so yeah, obviously it doesn't have to be today, it doesn't have to be linked specifically to today, but what have you done to make you feel proud? What have um, you done today? Thank you. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> there comes another complaint from Heather Smalls. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Why? Why, why would there be a complaint? Because Alex has got a name wrong. Because Heather Small. Yeah, Small, not Smalls. I didn't know that. I, sorry, I thought there was more than one of her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, fucking hell. That's um, great. There's 20 <laughs> fart sounds. Are you finished, Nick? Yeah, go on. I think I had one. I think I had a nap. I don't have it anymore. But it was about 80 different ones, so you can press press them all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll right. say oh, so you're not done. Okay. That's a really <laughs> so, tight one. Go on. So, um, Nick, as the... Um... <laughs> no, go on, go on. I, I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it. Listeners, you can hear how annoyed you're getting. Right, okay, now go on. As... <laughs> The provider of the crap DVDs that are put into Nick's crap DVD giveaway. Yes. Are you alright, Alex? He, he's in hysterics, right. Would you like to uh, tell us and the listeners what they win if they are to tell us? The Expendables. <laughs> <laughs> excellent on uh, theme as always uh, so yeah do send your answers in to the uh, the email the Facebook and the Instagram as we've already mentioned although actually you know what let's get Alex to say them again so Alex the email please our bottom podcast at yahoo.com and the Facebook our bottom podcast and the Instagram our bottom podcast what kind of voice are you going into I don't know. Just uh, whatever comes out of my my gob. Fair enough. It sounds central. It wasn't as central as last week. Yeah, that's true. Or or, or the last recording. I was going to say. I imagine our listeners are still recovering from that one. So and their testicles and ovaries are still cringing from it. Or recovering. Or recovering from the cringe. Yes. Go on. They may be going for a little nap afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Go on, Tom. So on the subject of your internal genitals going for a nap, it is goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Alex. 
It's goodbye from me and my genitals. It's goodbye from me, Nick. Thank you very much for listening again. And toodle pips. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't the button. <laughs> Someone's asshole just went a jackpot. <laughs> <laughs>